They've got him now. The walls are closing in on Donald Trump. I know that we've heard that at least a dozen times before. But now the Democrats are super duper serious because this time they've issued Trump a subpoena to appear before the January 6th committee. I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Nope. Nope, I don't think so. Uh, They can issue whatever subpoena they want and they can, okay, they can go on TV and talk about the subpoena and how this is it and the walls are closing in. Trump should not even waste time reading it. Because that subpoena, like the entire committee, is a complete joke. The selfish part of me wants Trump to appear because it would be absolutely hilarious and probably the best TV of the past two years. But Congress has absolutely no right to drag the man before them. Presidents have been subpoenaed a few times in the past. President John Tyler actually indulged Congress. John Quincy Adams gave Congress a sworn deposition, so he sort of half-indulged them. And Harry Truman basically told them to pound sand. Truman said he'd be happy to oblige if the congressman wanted to, quote, inquire into any acts as a private individual, either before or after his presidency and unrelated to any acts as president. But if the subpoena concerned his actions as president, Truman could not assent to that because it would violate the separation of powers. Truman was right, and President Trump should follow his example whenever he gets through laughing at them. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Jeff Caldwell, who says, a bill worth of damages for Alex Jones? Well, I guess the courts are experiencing the same Biden inflation that we all are. A very good point that people are not covering. Yes, it does seem a tad excessive that Alex Jones, for saying something that, that uh, was untrue and that people don't like on his radio program, would have to pay a, a billion dollars out. Uh, but, you know, frankly, in the Biden economy, that's the cost of about four pumpkin spice lattes. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe the, the judgment was more prudent and reasonable than we thought. Uh, when, when you want to discuss these sorts of matters and all other sorts of matters, when you want to talk to your friends and family, you got to check out Pure Talk. Head on over to puretalk.com, enter code Knowles. With the midterms coming up, here is something that you ought to keep in mind. Every dollar that you spend is a vote, and you are casting those votes again and again and again for companies that are working hard to undermine everything you believe in. For instance, Verizon Wireless customers you are supporting a company that canceled One America News for their support of Donald Trump. ATT customers, your wireless provider doesn't just support the far-left CNN, they own it. T-Mobile customers, your CEO openly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump in the 2020 election. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Stop it. Give it to Pure Talk instead. Pure Talk not only believes in conservative American family values, but they also give you the best service at a low cost. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just $30 a month. 
the average family saves almost $1,000 per year. That's 1,000 fewer votes for those cell companies that want to keep you from speaking freely. I absolutely love it. Incredible, incredible service. I uh, have and use Pure Talk. Now is your chance to show corporate America you are done funding their leftist ideologies. Go to puretalk.com and enter code Knowles. Save 50% off your first month. Incredible deal on an already incredible deal. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Knowles for 50% off your first month. They've got him now. The Walt, he's done it now. That Trump, that Trump, we're going to, they're going to impeach him again. I know he's not in office anymore and they already impeached him twice. Didn't convict him either time, obviously, but they're, they're going to do it again. Doggone it. Meanwhile, it's a little, little noticed story. Uh, Joe Biden appears to have committed an actually impeachable offense. Uh, this is according to Reuters. Joe Biden is vowing consequences for Saudi Arabia after uh, an OPEC decision uh, to cut the oil supply, the oil production. Now, how did this happen? Well, according to Saudi Arabia, Joe Biden came to them begging on his hands and knees, begging them not to cut oil production before the midterm elections because Biden is completely sunk on every single issue. And one of the biggest drivers of his dismal popularity ratings is the cost of energy, which is driving the cost of everything else up too. So he begs them. He says, please, he's playing politics and he's saying, please don't cut your oil production until after the midterm elections. Just get me through the elections. Then you can cut it and screw over the entire world economy, but just please don't destroy the Democrats heading into November. And OPEC said, nope, too bad. We're going to cut the oil production. Now, so far, none of those things are an impeachable offense. What happened next is the problem, which is that Biden is vowing consequences for Saudi Arabia. So the U.S.-Saudi relationship is a complicated one, but it's a very important relationship, and it's been a longstanding uh, supportive alliance. And it's, it's benefited both sides over many, many years, and it's a very important relationship. Joe Biden is threatening to damage that relationship. He's, he's wielding U.S. government power and a decades-long alliance because Saudi Arabia won't help him try to do a little bit better in the elections than he looks like he's going to do. This is certainly as bad as anything they ever accused Donald Trump of. It's actually much, much worse. Don't forget, what did they, what did the Democrats impeach Donald Trump for? Democrats impeached Donald Trump for allegedly calling Ukraine and, and, uh, requesting that Ukraine expose some of the corruption that we know, we already know about that the Biden family engaged in back when Joe Biden was the vice president. And Hunter Biden, Joe's son, got a ridiculous crony deal from the corrupt Ukrainian government to pay him $50,000 or more per month to sit on the board of Burisma, a crooked Ukrainian state-controlled energy company. Why do you think the Ukrainians hired Hunter Biden for that position. Do you think it's because Hunter Biden has any expertise in oil or utility companies or the Ukrainian language? Or No, of course, he doesn't know anything about any of those things. It was a payoff to Joe Biden because Joe Biden was the point man on Ukraine. So the allegation, at least, was that Donald Trump called the Ukrainians and said, hey, expose the corruption that went on specifically with Joe Biden 
in Ukraine. And you remember Joe Biden then pressured the Ukrainian government to fire one of their prosecutors who appeared to have been looking into the Hunter Biden corruption scandal and and, uh, at the very least looking into Burisma. And there was a whole bunch of shady stuff in that very corrupt part of the world. And so Donald Trump was accused of saying, hey, Ukrainians, come clean about all that corruption. And maybe he was using as leverage a, a a military payment, some military aid, which again, there there was not a lot of evidence of that either. Here, we see very clear evidence. Joe Biden is publicly threatening to punish Saudi Arabia, a longstanding ally, because they won't help him try to do a little bit better in the midterm elections. Are they going to impeach Biden for that? No, probably not. But they certainly should. If the new standard is the Trump standard of impeachment, then this guy should be thrown in Guantanamo Bay. Okay, this is absolutely corrupt stuff. Speaking of the Muslims, really interesting story out of the Washington Post. This is a report uh, from Michigan. The, The Washington Post reported that Muslims and Christians are teaming up in Michigan to protest the creepy LGBT curricula in the schools. So, the way the Washington Post reports it is that these, the, the Christians are the bad guys and the Muslims were just kind of duped and brought along for the ride. If you look at the videos, by the way, it looks like the Muslims here are actually leading the show. And Muslims are obviously very, very represented because of mass migration in Michigan and in Dearborn in particular. They, the, they show up to a Dearborn public schools meeting and they, they chant that they want to throw the bums out because the, these weirdos in the schools are trying to trans the kids and push the rainbow ideology on them. Take a listen. Vote them out, vote them out. Now, as far as I can tell, every single person in that room is a Muslim. I don't, I don't see anyone that looks particularly Christian uh, there at all. But the Washington Post has to frame it. They can't frame it as the Muslims or the bad guys. It always has to be the Christians who are the bad guys or the white people who are the bad guys or the men who are the bad guys or the straight people who are the bad guys. That's the way that their identity politics works. So they say the Christians are leading this movement against LGBT progress and openness and inclusion in the schools. And, you know, okay, yeah, some of the Muslims went along with it. No, it's the, it's the Muslim. I'm sure Christians back this too. I, I'll speak as a Christian. I absolutely 100% support those guys who are in Michigan pushing back on the LGBT curriculum. But it's the Muslims saying, wait a second, we don't want this crap. We don't want you to tell our daughters that they're secretly boys or vice versa. Get this stuff out of the schools. And and what makes the story so interesting to me is that this is clearly going to be an important political alliance moving forward. And it's a major shift. In the early 2000s, after 9-11, you, you did not exactly see the Christians and the Muslims teaming up in American politics. There was a, a great threat from radical Islam. The wars that we were fighting during that period were against radical Muslims in the Middle East. There were terror attacks by radical Muslims in the United States. And so you didn't see that kind of alliance. But now, in the year of our Lord 2022, the, the major threat to the United States does not seem to be coming from Al-Qaeda, which barely exists anymore, or ISIS, or the radical Muslims. That doesn't seem to be the big threat. If I asked you right now, what, what are you most worried about in terms of threats against you and your family and specifically your kids? Are you more worried about some 
crazy Muslim terrorist somewhere in the world, or are you more worried about the drag queen who's showing up to your kid's kindergarten classroom? It's obviously going to be the latter. And because that's the threat, because the most immediate threat right now to, to our society is from the radical left right here at home, I think you're going to see more and more of this kind of an alliance. Religious and conservatives, Christians and Muslims and Jews and just normal people who are even perhaps even somewhat vague or agnostic in their religion, but they, they prefer a kind of traditional moral order. We are all going to team up together because we have a common foe right now that threatens the very fabric of our society and all of the, the beliefs and traditions and, and virtues that we all hold so dear. Get ready for, for much more. Of a, many more Christian Muslim rallies against the creeps who are trying to trans your kids. They're trying to do it. It's an existential threat. And when you think about existential threats to you, you obviously have to get a will. That's why you got to go check out Epic Will. Right now, go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles. For those who have been following the story, Vanderbilt Hospital has agreed to pause all gender transition surgeries on minors. This is a huge wing, a left-wing institution has caved to pressure from us, from the right, and that deserves some recognition. But the fight is far from over. There is still so much that we can do to protect kids from this evil leftist indoctrination. One thing you can do today is write a will. Many new parents don't realize how important it is to have a will in place. But the sad truth is that if you were to die tomorrow without a will, the fate of your children would be left up to the libs who pretty much run everything. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the libs deciding anything for my family. Luckily, our partners over at Epic Will make early estate planning super easy and super affordable. They bundle your last will, living will, healthcare power of attorney, HIPAA release, and durable financial power of attorney. Plus, you can save 10% when you use code Knowles. It only costs 119 bucks for a single person to create a will. When you use promo code Knowles, you will save 10%. Go to epicwill.com, use promo code Knowles to save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That is epicwill.com, promo code Knowles. Speaking of problems in the schools, specifically the weird, creepy sex curricula in the schools, the Charlotte Mecklenburg schools in North Carolina are apparently promoting a gay sex guide to seventh graders. Here is a, a mother showing up to a school board meeting just reading, and I, I have instructed, by the way, our editors to bleep this very, very liberally because it's actually scandalous and obscene, and I don't want to expose my listeners to it. But this is the sort of thing that seventh graders are being exposed to in their schools in Carolina. This book is gay by Juno Dawson was found in a seventh grade classroom at Collinswood Middle School. It was also on the ELA recommended reading list for seventh graders at J.M. Robinson. I'm going to read from chapter nine, the ins and outs of gay sex, starting at page 201, part one, boy on boy sex. Perhaps the most important skill you will master as a gay or bi man is a timeless classic, the hand Good news is you can practice it on yourself. The bad news is each guy has become very used to his own way of getting himself Learning how to find a partner's personal style can take ages, but it can be very rewarding when you do. A good is all about the wrist action. Rub the head of his back and forth with your hand. Try different speeds and pressures until he responds positively. A bad is grasping a and shaking it like a ketchup bottle. It's no wonder that 92% of CMS graduating seniors aren't college or career ready when you're instructing them on how to give blow and 
instead of teaching them how to add and subtract. Superintendent, you stated this book was, quote, brought into the classroom by a teacher with no intent to allow students access. Any teacher that puts material like this on his or her bookshelf is either is a bad teacher or a pedophile who grooms Thank children. You. You two minutes are up. Here, here, lady. Here. By the way, I, I cut out some of the most obscene parts, okay? That wasn't, and I, I don't mean to laugh at it. I mean, she's, she has a very good point. She says, you know, maybe if these kids spent more time learning addition and subtraction and less time learning about gay sex, maybe their test scores wouldn't be so bad. But the, the one that really got me is the, the ketchup bottle line. And I think this is, I don't mean to laugh, but it's so, it's so absurd. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe this if you hadn't heard it. I wouldn't believe this had I not heard that. And, I, and I'm relatively young, and it's, I, I was in school relatively recently, and so I know how crazy things have gotten. But constantly, when I'm talking to friends and relatives and just people, when I go give speeches who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s sometimes, they don't believe that this stuff is actually happening. But you just, you just heard it. This is in schools. That book, which reads like a cartoon caricature of gay porn, is in seventh grade classrooms. It's on, it's on recommended reading lists, okay? That is obviously insane. And then I love the defenses, the obviously dishonest defense, is that, well, no, the teacher just brought it in for what? His or her own reading pleasure. That's creepier. That's even creepier than bringing it in as a learning material. Because then you've just got a teacher reading gay porn in a seventh grade classroom surrounded by 12 year olds. Just what, to titillate himself? That's, that's even creepier. But obviously it was as part of a, a teaching material. That's why it was on a recommended reading list. And, and then, so obviously these teachers should be fired. The book should be banned from the schools. This is just complete, the school board should resign if they tolerate this. Uh, obviously, that goes without saying. Put that aside for a second. To the woman's point at the end, this is such an important reminder about the nature of sin and vice Yes, sin corrupts your soul. Yes, it leads you down the road to perdition. Yes, it has these distorting, perverting effects on your metaphysical self. Another big problem with sin is that it's such a waste of time. All sin is just such a waste of time. When you could be doing good things and edifying things and sanctifying things, you instead do things they're bad and corrosive and just a waste of time. Think about the precious time that you, you're 12 years old. Your brain is so malleable. You, you could be learning foreign languages. You could be learning trigonometry. You could be learning history and dates and facts and things that are going to help. You could be learning to write and, and, and important things in your life. And then that precious time is being wasted learning about how to, how to, how to handle yourself and your friends like a ketchup bottle. What, what a dark, sad, in a way kind of funny waste of time. Don't do it. You will die. We were just talking about epic will. You will die someday. Don't, when, you, when you get to the accounting at St. Peter's Gate, okay, and you have to account for your whole life. Yeah, there's the good stuff and the bad stuff, but then just think about the waste of time. Like, yeah, I decided in those precious moments of, of beautiful life that I was given, I decided to read, read about the ketchup bottle. Don't do that. Do not do that. Speaking of sexual confusion, a lot of big divorce stories recently, and I, I'm, I'm obsessed with the divorce stories because I think 
One, I don't think they're a private matter. I think they're a public matter because marriage is a public institution. It's the fundamental political institution. And so much of the rot of our society is because the fundamental political unit has collapsed. And it hasn't collapsed of its just own organic uh, progression. It's collapsed because political actors have intentionally set about to destroy the institution of marriage for 50 years now. But that creates obviously major political problems. It has to, that is inevitable. And so in the potential divorce case of Tom Brady and his wife, Giselle Bunchen. Bunchen or Bunchen? I actually don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Giselle was recently spotted visiting a holistic healer on several occasions and burning sage as the rumors of her impending divorce persist. So I looked up the holistic healer and sage burner that Tom Brady's wife is apparently visiting. And this is what it says on this lady's website. I offer a natural and holistic approach to medicine. I'm an Ayurvedic traditional medicine doctor based in the Boca Raton area. Not Varanasi, India. Not some guru baba in India. No, in Boca Raton. (laughs) Right outside of Palm Beach. Okay. And I believe in the power of healing through natural and healthy alternatives, man. Or compliments to Western medicine, you know. I'm an educator and a healer with the mission to teach each patient about the natural healing powers they hold within. So I'm not being hyperbolic at all when I say this. She's a witch. She's just, this is what witchcraft is. <laughs> if you ever were reading a book and you said, oh, what, what is witchcraft really? It's that. That is what witchcraft is. And it's so, talk about a waste of time and also something that will corrupt your soul. This woman, this wealthy, famous woman, uh, you know, it, on the surface seems like she's got everything in the world. She is spending her time visiting a witch because she thinks that's going to help her. Do you, do you know what will make this woman feel better, Giselle Bunchen Brady? Do you know what will make her feel better than going and visiting a witch and burning sage? Fixing her marriage. It's amazing to me because people will accuse modern religious people, people who take religion seriously and they go to church on Sunday and they believe in, a, in God, you know, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ is only Son, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, and, and all the rest of it. They will accuse us of being silly, superstitious. Oh, you, you crazy old guy stuck in the Middle Ages or something. You probably don't understand science. You're just not a modern, sophisticated person. Yeah, at least I don't go to witches. <laughs> all, because all the people I know who mock traditional religion, they all do weird stuff like this. Yeah, maybe they don't all go to the Ayurvedic traditional witch in Boca Raton, but they all do weird stuff. They do yoga, which is obviously spiritual. Yoga is not just stretching. Yoga involves spiritual chants, and it derives from from Hinduism. It derives from an actual Hindu religious practice. Or they'll they'll go to they'll they'll do Reiki. That's another one of these weird pagan occult. At rituals, or they'll have crystals, or, you know, they'll just kind of vibe and have energy with the universe, man. Or they'll say, you know, man, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Or, you know, I'm putting out good energy for you, man. And, and, and so the, the consequence of it is the people who reject traditional religion, Christianity specifically, as being superstitious or, or outdated, they are the most superstitious people in the world. And ironically, they usually fall back to much older religious practices. They fall back to pagan religious practices. They go to actual witch doctors. But in my experience, 
and in the experience of our civilization and culture at its height. It, it is when we go to our traditional religion, when we go back to the practices of Christianity, when we go back to the Bible, that we find we lose superstitions and we get back to really basic stuff. If this lady went to a priest right now, the priest would say, Giselle, reconcile with your husband. Go work it out, reconcile with your husband, have a talk with him, sit down, do it for the sake of the family. If she goes to the witch doctor, she's going to say, okay, well, you got to pull out the tea leaves, man, and read it on your palms and the tarot card because the mercury's in retrograde and we're going to burn some sage and that's how you're going to feel better. Which one of those sounds more reasonable to you? The, the really modern, sophisticated lady who probably goes to brunch on Sundays and goes to the witch doctor or that little old priest with his little old wisdom who says, go fix your marriage. A few weeks ago on this show, I read you an email where we were copied uh, and this was from a Harry's Razors customer who was canceling his subscription and switching to Jeremy's Razors. Uh, he was so irritated by Harry's virtue signaling nonsense that he was willing to pay the extra money to have his Jeremy's kit shipped to the UK where he lives. Since then, we have been copied on a flood of breakup emails from our listeners, all telling Harry's and Gillette what they can do with their woke razors. Here's one, quote, hello, I've been using Harry's for many years. I've enjoyed your product. However, when you choose to inject yourself into political matters and say that 50% of the country are bigots, you make it a very easy decision for me to cancel. Why should half the country have to tolerate open discrimination simply for having a different opinion? The answer is that we shouldn't, and thanks to the Daily Wire, we no longer have to. I'll be giving my money to someone who will use it for something I support, not a company that openly despises me. P.S. I am a bald man and shave my head three times per week, so you genuinely are missing out on a good deal of money from me. This man's follicle fallout is Harry's financial loss, but they have no one to blame but themselves. Actions have consequences, and we will gladly take the lead in holding woke companies such as Gillette, Harry's, Disney, and all the rest of them to account. Someone's got to do it, right? Right now, when you go to jeremysrazors.com, you can get 40% off your founder's kit. So head on over to jeremysrazors.com, start shaving woke-free, and don't forget to copy us on your breakup email reviews at jeremysrazors.com. Speaking of, speaking of the corruption of medicine, whether we're talking about the witch doctors in Boca Raton or whether we're talking about Washington, D.C., Representative Angie Craig, she is a Democrat congressman from Minnesota. She just fell into one of the most beautiful Freudian slips I have ever seen. This was in a debate with her opponent. Take a listen. I will never stop standing up for Big Pharma and standing against my constituents. So true. Probably the truest thing that lady has said in politics. She will never stop standing up for Big Pharma. She will never stop opposing her constituents. Now, presumably she meant to say, I'll never stop standing up for my constituents and standing against Big Pharma. But that's not, not what she said. And why did she make that claim? She made that claim because she wanted to institute a price control for certain drugs uh, in the pharmaceutical industry. But at a, at a deeper level, on issues that are much more important than whether the, the cost of some particular prescription is 30 bucks or 35 bucks or 40 bucks, much more important than that over the past two years would be the huge power grab by the medical establishment to the insane profit of big pharma. And on that question, even when it endangered Americans' lives, specifically when it endangered the lives of American children, Angie Craig took the side of big pharma. 
Here's a tweet from Angie Craig regarding the vaccines. She said, quote, in case you missed it, COVID vaccines are now available for children under five years of age. More information about where to access vaccines here. And she sent that tweet out saying, hey, here's how you get your, your zero to five-year-olds. Here's how you get your little babies and toddlers the COVID shot. Babies and toddlers at basically no risk whatsoever from COVID, but you got to get them that shot anyway. Angie Craig sent that out in June of this year. If she had sent it out last year, I, I would still think she was insane and I would still think it was endangering kids and I would still think she was shilling for big pharma. But I'd say, okay, maybe th- at that point, some people sincerely didn't know that the risks of these vaccines for young people, generally speaking, at least very frequently, outweigh the potential benefits. It was June of this year, just a few months ago. We've known this for a long time now. We we played on the show yesterday a voting member of the FDA independent panel that, that approves the vaccines, saying that young people generally, and young men in particular, should not be getting all of these booster shots. They haven't gone through a rigorous enough review process, and he was a firm no on that, and and the FDA basically didn't care because the FDA is captured by Big Pharma. And what is this woman doing? She's standing on behalf of Big Pharma, which is what the entire left does. The entire left, which pretends to to be on the side of the people, man, and against the establishment, and down with the man, and speak truth to power, and whatever. They are the establishment. They are the power. They will always take the side of the entrenched interest against you. Half the Republicans will do that as well. All of the Democrats will do that. Half of the Republicans will do that. And then there is a a sizable portion of the Republicans and the conservatives broadly who stand against that power structure. Because the power structure right now that is going in and, and jabbing your three-year-old and killing your babies and transing your kids and opening up our borders and flooding the country with foreign nationals and printing money willy-nilly and destroying our energy and, and all the rest of it, the people who are doing that are a very, very small radical political minority. The vast majority of Americans oppose all of those things. The people are very much on our side here, but that small radical liberal minority has effectively all of the power in the United States. They've got at least the vast, vast majority of the power. And that is the side that Angie Craig and all of the Democrats are on. Speaking of Democrats harming children, really sad story. There's a a former Democrat mayor of Beaverton, Oregon, who just pled guilty in federal court on Tuesday for possessing child pornography. Guy's 73 years old. He waived his indictment. He pled guilty to one count of possessing kitty porn. Uh, According to the Attorney General's office, they say, according to court documents between November 2014 and December 2015, Doyle knowingly and unlawfully possessed digital media containing child pornography. And so he's made this uh, guilty plea now, which makes it illegal for him to own a firearm or to vote while in prison. Actually, in Oregon, he'll be able to vote once he's out of prison or to hold public office. The reason I mention this is uh, not even to embarrass this guy. He pled guilty, at least. He's at least sort of fessing up to it. It's a very horrible thing. And certainly in our society, you know, and probably in most societies, uh, certainly sensible societies, sexual attacks on children are just considered basically the worst thing you can do. It's, it's just, it's the, it's the worst thing you can possibly do. This guy, his life is basically ruined at this point. I think he can find a kind of personal salvation if he repents and atones and and all the rest of it. But as a public matter, his life is ruined. Who knows if he'll make it out of prison? Murderers can be 
rehabilitated in our society, but sex, sex offenders and specifically child sex offenders, they are truly considered the absolute lowest of the low in our society. And so I, I'm not even bringing up the story to kick the man while he's down, while he's already paying his price and going to jail and all the rest of it. It's just a warning to everybody else. Is that worth it? Is that worth it? This guy, a 73-year-old guy, he had a public career. He clearly was a pillar of his community. Because he had this sick addiction that he indulged, presumably in his own room, on his little computer with the blinds turned down, what he, th- in what he thought was totally private life. His life is ruined. For what? To be a little titillated by this perverse thing. Now, that, the, the child pornography is the most extreme example of this. But this is true, as I mentioned earlier about sin brought, this is true of all sin. This is true across every single sin, all the way down to eating a little too much at dinner, (laughs) you know, all the way down to gluttony or anything else. The question is, is it ever worth it? Is that momentary disordered pleasure worth destroying your reputation, destroying your family life? This guy is not going to be able to see his grandkids, at least unsupervised, and ultimately destroying your soul and salvation. Is it worth it? Of course not. And it gets to this real danger. I, I'm, I'm specifically sensitive to this because of how many of our listeners write in saying they've got porn problems. I'm, I'm just showing this to you to show you the, the logical conclusion of that kind of a thing. We are living in an age where, paradoxically, everything is private and nothing is private. Everything is virtual and digital, and it's all can be done from the privacy of your own home in a tiny little room where you think you're totally alone. But because it's the internet, because it's data, because it's going through telecom systems, nothing is private at all. Everything is being recorded. And so in a way, I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad. I feel worse for his victims, the the child sex abuse victims who, you know, were photographed or videotaped or whatever. But I feel bad for this guy too. In the way that I feel bad for everybody who commits crimes and sins, it's just... It's so corrosive, it's, it's, and it's such a waste of time. It's so obviously not worth it. Let this, guy, let this guy be a lesson to you. You know, now we are getting to my absolute favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. The mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get 50% off your first month. All right, let's get to the voicemail bag. First question up. Hi, Michael. My name is Naylan. I'm from Colorado. I just had a quick question about something they're trying to pass in my town right now called ranked choice voting. Uh, I was a little skeptical about it because I saw what happened in Alaska, as well as when I looked at the supporter page, almost all, if not all of the supporters were Democrats. And obviously when you see that, you got to be a little skeptical. You got some alarms going off. So I'd love to hear your opinion on ranked choice voting, um, whether or not, you know, if it really is Democratic or not and, and why you think it's bad or why you think it's good. Thank you so much. Ranked choice voting is awful. All Republicans and conservatives should oppose it. You just saw what happened in the special election in Alaska. Alaska is going to be sending a Democrat congressman to Washington, D.C., even though the Democrat congressman got fewer votes than the Republican options broadly. I think it was 40% or less of the vote because the Democrat was number two, you know, because the Democrat was the, the lowest common denominator 
the Democrat is going to make it to Washington, D.C. And that's what ranked choice voting does. One, it makes the whole thing much more complicated, much more uh, involved in terms of time. And so that gives Democrats a greater opportunity for fraud. They're, when you drag out voting, Democrats usually are better than Republicans at turning that to their advantage. Uh, but, but it also, just by its very nature, privileges the lowest common denominator. Okay, well, this is the candidate that I'm voting for, but I would settle for this person. Well, that other candidate is the one that I'm voting for, but I would also settle for that same person that the other guy would settle for. Okay, I guess we'll just go for the guy that we settled for. So it's, it's, it's the lowest common denominator, and it, it uh, results in a, an even lower form of democracy than we find ourselves in now. So very, very bad idea. You should oppose ranked choice voting. It's a total lib op. Next question. Hi, Michael. My name's Edward. And first off, I wanted to say thank you for going over in your show on Wednesday how to actually send in a voicemail by question um, with the very detailed instructions. Appreciate it. Uh, my comment is actually about that same episode where you were responding to the, I guess, TikTok guy who said that homosexuality is not disordered because of what the American Psychiatric Association says um, since 1973. And I just think that that's obviously not what he actually believes, because if that uh, association tomorrow changed the definition to say homosexuality is disordered, I don't think he would say, yes, I agree, it's actually disordered, I was wrong. He'll say, no, it was something else, uh, some other reason. So what are your thoughts on pressing the left to f defend what they actually think instead of coming up with excuses um, like what the American Psychiatric Association says? Thanks. They'll never defend what they actually think because what they actually think is delusional. And, and this is true going back not just 10 or 20 years. This is true going back to the Garden of Eden. This is true going back to, as George Bernard Shaw described, the socialist playwright, then quoted uh, by John F. Kennedy and by Bobby Kennedy and by so many Democrats since then. It says, some people see things that are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? The former is the conservative, godly view of things. You look at the world, you accept the world as it is, you are curious about the world, you, you want to understand the world better, and you, you want to understand the creation to be a good steward of it and to know better the mind of the creator. And the, the latter view is the liberal view of the world. I see things that never were and say, why not? And you try to create a world of your own that is divorced from the realities of the world given to you by your gracious God and maker. Uh, so uh, the libs can't, can't uh, pull themselves away from that because their, their view is fantastical and delusional. And so the only thing holding it up is the, the uh, sincere uh, defenses of people. You know, well, the American Psychiatric Association says this. Well, the American Medical Association says that boys are really girls. Well, the, this teacher says boys are really girls. Well, Joe Biden says boys are really girls. Yeah, they all say that, but it's just made up. Show me where that is in nature. Show me where that is in philosophy. Show me where that is in reality, and they can't do that. So no, they'll, they'll never get beyond these kinds of arguments from the authority of their own delusional, their own fellow delusional men. That, that's where it comes from in the first place. Next question. Hi, Mike. It's Arielle. I have a question for you. And I do feel like it's a pretty weighty one. You talk about a lot of really important topics on your show. You delve really pretty deeply into a lot of them and you have some really great analysis but I do feel like the question that I am going to ask you is a tough one and it's probably gonna stretch you a little bit so here goes 
Is it pumpkin spice latte or is it pumpkin spiced latte? I look forward to hearing your answer after what I'm sure will be quite a bit of thought. Thanks, Mike. It's a really good question. It is the hardest. I'm, I'm not joking. This is the hardest question I've probably dealt with all day. I cautiously lean toward pumpkin spice latte because I think that, uh, I, I don't think that pumpkin spice is a verb in this context. You're going to pumpkin spice that guy? Oh yeah, bro. I pumpkin spiced him real hard. You gonna, Yo, pumpkin spice that drink for me. Okay. It's pumpkin spiced. I think it is a latte defined by a noun, and you just kind of mash up, pumpkin spice latte, like a caramel cold brew. You wouldn't say a carameled cold brew. You just say it's the noun caramel and, and cold brew put together. And so the, the, it, that, that is, the caramel does define the drink, but it's not acting as a verb. I was thinking about this with iced tea because I so usually write out iced tea, but then I thought maybe it actually is iced tea. Because I don't ice the tea, like I'm going to shoot the tea, you know, like, hey, man, I totally iced that tea. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that tea got totally iced. No, it's just ice. It's ice and tea, iced tea. So I cautiously lean toward pumpkin spice latte, but I could be convinced otherwise. Next question. Mr. Knowles, how's my favorite host at the Daily Wire? Had a question for you uh, regarding a dilemma I have. So I have a friend of mine who is a very big fan of my band, Purging Sin, and he is transgender. He basically dresses up in women's clothing. He's on hormones, but he still has his male appendages. Now, I value his friendship and the fact that he has been a huge fan of our band for the longest time and would really hate to break off this professional relationship as a result of difference of views. And to top it all off, he's very conservative, pro-Trump. So my question to you is in this situation, how would I retain my friendship with this guy, but at the same time to express that I do not believe in what he believes in? Shout out to Davies and the Fourth Thursday Cigar Club. Does that slap my base? Is that, that might be slap my base. That's a great, a great Daily Wire member. Great Michael Knowles show member. Uh, what would I do if I were in your shoes? I would remain friends with the guy, if you can, and just view that friendship and view him as you would any other friend who has a mental illness. Because it, it, it obviously is a mental illness if you're a man and you think that you're a woman and you behave that way. I have plenty of friends and family members with mental illnesses. Especially, you know, I grew up in New York. I think there's a higher, dispropor- a higher proportion of mental illnesses in New York. Uh, something about the city or something. But I, I would, yeah, I would treat it like you have a friend or a family member who's bipolar, who has, uh, I don't know, some kind of mood disorder or, or someone who has schizophrenia or even, you know, has transgenderism. I, I'm trying to think if I still have friends who are transgender. I have had friends who are transgender at some of whom don't speak to me anymore because they're very upset that I won't uh, affirm their delusions. But I, I've never broken up a friendship because someone has some weird sexual hang-up. 
Quite the opposite. I'm, I'm always happy to spend time. I've gotten along with Blair White, you know, who's in the media and had Blair on the show and he and I got along just fine. I, I always get, get in trouble with a, a very small number of people on the right who, when they're trying to attack me, they'll, they'll point to a photo. I once took a photo with a transvestite at a big political convention and I, 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 I think they're very upset that I was nice to a transvestite guy. I thought, I have no reason not to be nice to a transvestite guy. I would never lie to him and tell him that he's really a woman. I would never uh, say that the society should tolerate or encourage transvestitism or transgenderism. But I see no reason to be nice to somebody or to have a friendship with someone who's confused. I think what's required is a little bit of humility, you know, as, as is often the case. What's required is just a little bit of humility and recognizing this is fall, a fallen world and and... Uh, so you speak the truth with love and, and the truth as far as you can see it, and you recognize that you've got flaws too, and your friends tolerate you for all of your many flaws and problems and struggles, and, and so you should do the same to other people. It does, you should not squish at all. You should not call him uh, by his woman name or whatever, you know, or call him she or something. But yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't not be friends with a guy because he's mentally ill. That seems like the time you should most be friends with a guy. Okay, let's get to the the physical written mailbag from Eric. Uh, Eric, dear Michael, for the last two years, I've been working maintenance at a job that I absolutely love. My girlfriend and I have been together over a year now. I love her greatly and have every intention of marrying her. A year before we started dating, however, I developed a crush on a girl at work. Since I've been dating my girlfriend, I have no more interest in this work crush, but still find her very attractive and can't help asking myself what could have developed between us. Do you have any advice on how to avoid that nagging question? Respectfully, Eric. Yeah, that question is a constant for men throughout all of time in all places. That's just part of our nature. Uh, so it's funny because you say you have no more interest in this girl, but you still find her attractive and you wonder what could have been. So obviously you do still have an interest in this girl, but you have this girlfriend. So you have two options. You can break up with your girlfriend and pursue this other girl. You've been with your girlfriend a year. You say you want to marry her, but are you engaged yet? If you're engaged, then I would say, so certainly if you're married, I would say, okay, then forget about that. But you know, if you're just dating and you're not, you're, you haven't expressed that you actually are going to marry her yet, then you have a choice to make. Either, can, either break up with your girlfriend and date this girl at work, or date your girlfriend and then maybe get engaged and get married, and put the thought of the girl at work out of your head. It might be, you might be thinking about this girl at work because she really is beautiful and there's really something about her that you really like. Or what I think is probably even more likely is you are projecting onto the girl at work your kind of fantasies and desires and dreams about, you know, some ideal woman who doesn't really exist in reality. It could be either. I don't know the girl at work. I don't know you. It, it, you know, so it really could be either. But either way, you have an obligation to put that woman out of your mind if you are going to seriously date this other girl and get engaged and get married. And it's not just to say, well, what's the, you know, what's the, do I think about baseball? Yeah, sure. Think about baseball. Think about grandma. Do, but you have an actual duty because the thing is, the more you think about the girl at work and you fantasize about her and you think what could have been and you formulate this whole fantasy in your head, the more attracted to her you are going to be, the harder it's going to get 
not to think about. You're going to think about her more and more and more. You're going to flirt with her more and more and more. Maybe you, you go out on a date with her or something. Maybe something really physical starts to happen. And the more you put her out of your mind and you say, that's over. Even if I really, really wanted to date her, too bad. I've made my choice and I'm sticking with my choice. The less you're going to think about that girl, the less you're going to be tempted, the less you're going to be attracted to her. And you're just going to move right along. But you've got to make that choice. It's not just a matter of being swept away forever on your emotions. I think of Canto V of the Inferno by Dante is the, the adulterous lovers who are, their punishment is to be blown forever on the winds of, of their own passions because they can't control it. And how did they start? It's Paolo and Francesca. How did they start? This was an adulterous affair between a woman and her brother-in-law. It's because they were reading to each other. They were reading Lancelot, Galliot, you know, and Galeotto, and their, their, uh, they're, they're reading about this love, and so they're, they're really taken by the fantasy of this other love, of you know, the Knights of the Round Table. And that fantasy drives them together, and then finally one day they read no more. They put the book away, they get down to business, and then her husband comes in and kills both of them. And, and Francesca says to Dante, lamenting, she says, Love, amor cal cor gentil rato s'apprende prese gusto della bella persona che mi fu tolta. The love, the love um, to, which to the, the gentle heart Gentile, uh, you know, sort of seizes you, seizes you up by this passion, a lo- love which does not uh, permit any lover not to love. Love led us to one death. Amor conduce noi ad una morte, cainate de che vita ci spense. And and so it, it, it was it was not fixed from the very beginning that she had to be taken away on this love. She indulged her fantasies, and so did Paolo. They indulged their fantasies, and then that led to the really bad conclusion. So you, what you have to do is stop indulging those fantasies. Make your choice. You're a man. You've got intellect and free will. Love your girlfriend. Or dump her and love this other girl, but make a choice. The rest of the show is continuing now. There are uh, fake headlines that we need to we need to work through today. Okay, this is Friday. On Friday, it's fake headline day. Davies picks out five headlines. Four are real. One is fake. I had had a perfect score. Now I don't. I got it wrong last week. I need you to help me in the comments section to pick out which one is the fake headline. You don't want to miss it. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us. See you over on the member block. 